All right. It's news to us. We're here live on Adobe Radio. Uh, Jason looks like he just woke up. I woke him up. Hello. Are you sleeping? No. All right. Uh, welcome to the show. A lot to talk about. Hey, we have a guest this week. Pretty excited to talk to our guest, David L. Anderson Jr. He's running to represent Texas's 35th district. And he says that he's doing this for the underdogs, for the people who never get their voice heard. I like that cause. Also, the Taliban retakes Afghanistan and what happened there and why, uh, in case you're a little bit confused by that, or maybe you know what's going on and you want to hear us and our take on it. In either case, we'll talk about that. It's big news. And uh, all that and more starts now, and it's news to us. It's news to us. Adobe Radio. Our uh, co-hosts, Katie and Chris, both on assignment this week. Mm, slackers. Slackers. So they will not be actually, joining they're, us. Actually, they're... They're not slackers. They're working hard on their assignments. Yeah, actually, they are. They both have a lot of hard things to be working on. So it's just me and Jason holding down the the fort here. But that's how this show started. Before we jump into our uh, main story for this evening. Yeah. The way you said Taliban. 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 Were you doing that on purpose or is that how you say it? I've heard it. I've heard it pronounced both. Is that wrong? So that's how is you it, say is it, it Taliban. T- Taliban or Taliban? Taliban. What do you how do you say it? Taliban? That's that's like a lazy like Taliban. Taliban. No, yours is weird. Is there a real let's go to uh Taliban. Taliban. All right, Google says Taliban. Listen, yeah, exactly. Taliban. I don't claim to be Lester Holt over here, okay? Give me a I break. I mean you do. You're a newsman. <laughs> you I don't. I don't have a team of producers standard. prepping me on how to pronounce things before we do the show. I don't Quick have that castle. Quick castle. Mm. But mm. Uh, anyways, I misspoke there, and I apologize. No, and, but I want you to keep doing it because uh, I like it. Well, you know, thank you for calling me out. It's good that we didn't let because we would have had thousands of emails come in, uh, people complaining. Well, and also, you know, it's kind of a crappy story and, you know, yeah. just kind of break the ice, you know? That's all I was really trying to do. Yeah, you're right. You, we might as well get a little laugh while we can. Let's talk about it right now unless you have anything else that you uh, that's on your mind before we jump in. Not right now, no. All right, here we go. Dirty Deets. The Dirty Deets. An in-depth look at this week's most important stories. After uh, 20 years, the war in Afghanistan, as far as the U.S. is concerned, is ending, although uh, the conflict continues there. And uh, just a whole mess of a situation. Yeah. And sad. Very, very sad. Sad, bad. I mean... The, yeah, uh, it's, just, the, the, it's going sideways, and it's going sideways quickly. The people of Af- Afghanistan were holding on to hope that a democracy would be uh, in play here at some point, but it looks like those hopes have been taken away as Taliban retakes control of the region. Um, and rather quickly, I yeah. mean, there was you know there was concerns that it was going to happen over you know several months, if not you know a year or two, like where there would be fighting and yeah. Um, but no, it only took uh, what seven, eight days for them to very quick take right. control over the country, and it was faster than um, our armed forces and intelligence they, agencies thought 
it would happen too. They didn't expect it to happen this quickly. And uh, just a reminder, so the reason why we're even in Afghanistan or we're in Afghanistan, well, still a few troops left, but is because uh, after 9-11, we were trying to go after Al-Qaeda and Al-Qaeda harbored or was uh, was in a safe harbor zone there in Afghanistan because the uh, Taliban wouldn't uh, do anything to stop them from having a terrorist organization within their country. They allowed it. So after 9-11, we, we, uh, George Bush wanted us to go into Afghanistan and remove Al-Qaeda, and that was the original uh, mission in that region. However, we kind of stayed maybe longer than we should have, according to some because i mean it wasn't just bush that wanted like we all wanted them right like we wanted to take osama bin laden and al-qaeda out like well i mean there was the whole weapons of mass destruction thing that was iraq though um and we were uh okay well we we went in there and our original mission was not to uh to 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 start democracy or we we went in there to take out Al Qaeda and we did it and our our mission is over. That's what our government is saying. But I mean, it, but in turn, for ten years we're leaving these these poor people there who are fighting for democracy and for human rights and women's rights to just fend for themselves. And as soon as the Taliban or Taliban, excuse me, takes retakes control of the region, they are uh, they're going to reinstate um, what is it called? Uh, Sharia law. So, and then, and that would make it so there's, uh, well, uh, women's rights are, 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 in, are in question and just basic human rights. And it is not a democracy and it is pretty much everything that America fights against. So we, yeah, I mean, women won't be allowed to be outside without being covered up completely and they'd have to be, escorted by a man so they can't go one of out many on their own. can't drive right too as well can't drive can't vote i mean they it's like horrible it's sad. i'm not saying it's not sad uh, i didn't say that you didn't super, say it was sad it's horrible I know, but yeah it, it's super sad though like it, it honestly is because these are people these are good people these are families that are being torn apart and they're they're fearing for their lives right now they don't know what's going to happen at the uh the airport there um did you see what was what happened at the uh at, at the airport oh yeah the airport and um Kabul, Kabul is yeah. is just awful right now people what's going people thousands are of people their- trying to just get onto an airplane a couple of airplanes it was it's a crazy horrifying scene people were following or falling out of the wheel wells of the airplane yeah, because they were they, they were, were just like desperately trying, trying people were sitting on top of the airplane just trying to get the hell out of there because as soon as uh, the Taliban comes in, these people feel like they will either be executed or they'll be part of a horrible, horrible situation. Well, a lot of these uh, uh, individuals that are trying to flee are, are the ones that helped us over the that last two years. That like too. They're, and the Taliban, like if, if they find out that you've helped, you know, a foreign uh, power, they say right now they're saying they're not going to do anything, but we can't trust like, them. everyone's fearful that they're going to be, re- you know, seek revenge and, you know, kill you or kill those people. I, yeah. And I, I don't, I really hope that these people uh, have mercy on, uh, are given mercy. The, our allies in the region that helped the, um, 
the uh, resistance, you know, uh, we need to go. I don't know. What do you think we should do? Do you think we should go in there and get everybody out that helped? Or do you think that we just, just wash our hands of the situation? At this I think point? we, I think we need a pull ball. You know, I'm no expert, but if you were Biden right think, now, I do think that we need to pull American troops out of there, but I also think we need to pull everyone who aided us in some way we need to pull them to safety as well and their families. I agree, but then Should not leave anyone behind it. Um, do you think that that's going to happen? Cause it kind of feels like we're no. just, it's a clean cut and we're just like, I think they're going to get whoever they can out. And, uh, but I think, um, given the time, can sh- I think they're, they feel like they're up against the a clock right now. And I, I don't think, um, I think they're just going to get as many as they can out in as short amount of time as possible. And yeah, you know, try to work through diplomatic channels. A lot of different countries signed a le- are signed onto a letter to the Taliban asking them to, you know, provide peace and, you know, not go and kill a bunch of people. And well, Supreme leader, Donald Trump, he did claim that he brokered a peace deal with the Taliban when he was in office. You remember this? Uh, he did do it. I mean, he claims that he did. Well, he didn't claim a peace deal. He, 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 um, uh, he had a treaty agreement. That yeah. There was no like confrontation until May of this year. And we, um, trying to pull us out. So like, I mean, Trump really pulled, like he, he started, started this, this whole thing. He started the whole started thing. It. And then, yeah, and now, snowball. and ironically, Republicans are now blaming Biden because Dude, it's a mess. It's so dumb. I Even though Trump started it. the whole thing and to prove that, oh. here's Trump bragging about starting the whole thing. Afghanistan. By the way, I started the process. All the troops are coming back home. They couldn't stop the press. 21 years is enough, don't we think? 21 years. They couldn't stop the process. They wanted to, but... It was very tough to stop the process. The only way they last is if we're there. What are we going to say? We'll stay for another 21 years and we'll stay for another 50. The whole thing is ridiculous. Yeah, but then Republicans are like, well, yeah, it's it's all Biden's fault that it's a mess in that region and all these poor people are being left behind. And it's uh, it's just ridiculous. The mental gymnastics, like no matter what Biden does, even if it's clearly not something that he started because Trump is bragging about it. It's still automatically his fault, which is just so dumb. I hope people can see through that. I think it's dumb, but I think he Biden also agreed that we needed to come, uh, pull pull out of the country. That is correct because the I mean the original mission was served is what they're saying, and the original mission was to go after Al Qaeda, get uh, 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 Bin Laden. We did that. And now time to leave. We weren't there to try to create a democracy. So that's what they're saying. I mean, that's what we ended up doing. And, I, you know, to what they were saying before the last two weeks, you know, the Afghan security forces, they had over 300,000 troops. You know, like. Yeah. And th- yeah, they did. So they were. We were hoping, America was hoping that the, Af- the Afghan troops would be able to fend for themselves longer than they did. Um, and it turns out they weren't. They didn't have the intelligence. They didn't have the communication. And that really is what did them uh, in. They were they were pretty much blind. As from what the initial reports are, we'll probably find out more. Yeah, I mean, from what I've heard, um, 
Afghan security forces, like their commanders um, and like politicians um, were corrupt. Like they were exaggerating numbers of soldiers. They were siphoning off resources, money um, and different things and, and, and troops and like frontline individuals, like they were going without ammunition or food or so of course the morale was in the tank. Like, it was like the mid level and up. Like the the president of Afghanistan already fled the country. Like, you know, like right, yep. And um, well, you did mention Biden and how here, here is the press conference from earlier today with Biden. We went to Afghanistan almost. Tw- I guess it wasn't a press conference; it was a statement. Excuse me. We went to Afghanistan almost twenty years ago, with clear goals. Get those who attacked us on September 11, 2001, and make sure Al-Qaeda could not use Afghanistan as a base from which to attack us again. We did that. We severely degraded Al-Qaeda in Afghanistan. We never gave up the hunt for Osama bin Laden, and we got him. That was a decade ago. Our mission in Afghanistan was never supposed to have been nation-building. It was never supposed to be creating a unified, centralized democracy. Our only vital national interest in Afghanistan remains today what it has always been, preventing a terrorist attack on America's homeland. So there's his statement, and he also went on to say he doesn't want to leave this problem for future presidents, and so he's going to make sure that this doesn't end up in the next president's hands. So what happens now? He's being a leader, Eddie. Like, he is being that's a leader. That's what I got from that statement. Like, whether you agree with his decision or not, like, mm-hmm. he's leading the country, right? Like, yeah, he's leading what he thinks is right. I don't know. That's how I. That's what he's I. He's taking responsibility right. for the mess, even though he doesn't really need to, but he is, and he is saying, "Here's what happened, and it sucks." And let's. He's he's leveling with us and telling us uh, the truth, and not not sugarcoating it. I do hope that they get like everyone who's helped like Af- yeah. Afghanis helped us out. It's a really horrible situation all around. And so what happens now with the Taliban? I, who's to say we're going to, we're going to find out if they're, you know, going to stick to what they've been telling, um, you know, folks over the last year or two that they're going to be, you know, they're reformed and going to be more progressive. And we're, we're going to see if that's going to happen. Well, yeah, we will see. We will see if that will happen. But the Taliban did say that they want to form an inclusive Islamic government with other factions, Um, and they also don't want outside influence. So that means probably uh, it's not going to be a a pretty situation for for women over there and uh, just humanitarian rights in general. So it's it's a bit of a mess, and uh, yeah. So we'll we'll keep an eye on this. I, I'm sure we're going to hear a lot. We're going to hear a lot on this over the next few years. Maybe, or we won't. You know, like who? But this, the scariest thing is so that the are you are, are you at all worried? So the Taliban goes in there and they release all those dangerous prisoners, terrorists. They already did it. They did it all. I know. I'm saying they've done it. Yeah. And these people are loose, and these are the same types of characters that perpetrated nine eleven. And 
there's good. They're going to well, be a lot of those character. A lot of those people um, are they're Taliban fighters. They're their brothers. I don't know if they're necessarily Al Qaeda. I think Al Qaeda operatives are in Guantanamo still. Well, you know, it it you have to wonder though, since America went into the region and took it away from the Taliban, that are they going to be more sympathetic to organizations like Al Qaeda? I mean, that's definitely a concern. So that that is the major concern there. All right. So we'll keep an eye on that. It's news to us. Let's continue on with some other stuff going on with our news roundup. It's news to us. News roundup. Yeah. Well, from Taliban and Al-Qaeda to TikTok, it all mm. goes hand in hand. So there's I this love that uh, transition. Do you uh, are you on TikTok? You're probably not. No. You're not even on Instagram. You barely have a I don't Facebook. Know. I page. don't understand TikTok. Like, it's <laughs> what do you mean you understand it? It's just videos. It's overwhelming. You. It's like, amazing. Go it's on so it good. It's just like there's so much like good content on TikTok. A bunch of videos on a website. It's amazing. I I no, have to send not. you this guy on TikTok that I think you'd really get it's a kick not out amazing. of. Amazing. How do you find anything? You just search for hashtags and you see people who are um, you, you, people share videos with you. I have. Uh, friend Marconi who does mood killers. Uh, he, he's, he, he loves TikTok, So he shares TikToks with me all the time. And, um, I can share them with you too, but they're, they're really funny. Uh, but anyways, there's one TikTok that is getting people talking because there is a nanny that was watching the kids. Dad comes home before mom and films a TikTok with the nanny and they practice some dancing moves and things get a little handsy and people are saying that this was inappropriate. Let's see what you think, Jason. So I'm playing the video now. So the, the, uh, the dad is holding up the nanny and, uh, kind of reaching in places that he should not be reaching. I, I can't hear anything. I, there's no audio to that. So what wow. did you, um, what do you think of that video? Was he was he being appropriate? Because people are are outraged. There's I mean, outrage I don't on the internet. It, but I mean, the mom's probably videotaping it, right? Like, no, the mom isn't home. The mom isn't home. Know? That's part of the story. And that's part. You know? and that's their headline. I mean, that was like Who the name of the the name of the thing? TikTok was. Here's what happens when mom before mom comes home or something like that with the nanny. Who's videotaping that? The dog. I have no idea who's videotaping. Someone that. is videotaping that. That's all I'm gonna. That's that's so, my point. Like, but but did you? See, I think it's all a ploy. I think this is all bullshit. But did you see where the hands went? Did that? Do you think that that was appropriate? I didn't watch the hands. Sorry, okay, I was. Let me show you again. Mom was videotaping this, and I'm why they're trying to be. I'm gonna play this video again for Jason. So yeah, the the the, the uh, dad picks up the the nanny, and yeah, he kind of gropes her, and it's pretty creepy. I think. I don't know. So what do you don't think? I think an adult is videotaping that. I think mom's home and I think this is all bullshit. So you think everything on the internet is a conspiracy to, to go viral? Yes. How can we have? Well, a, not everything, but we that should do that then. Sure. How can we haven't thought of a conspiracy to go I viral? I want to know what our radio, our, our listeners were are hearing when we're playing this video. It's me doing a live play by play. <laughs> yeah we're in a remote setup right now so we uh jason and i we don't have full audio capabilities like we do in the studio together and i want to back up a yeah. little bit 
before you went to LA, which is where you currently are, yeah, you were you weren't into TikTok, and now you are, and I think LA is really changing, and I think that's the wait. I was in TikTok story. before I was in LA. You that's weren't. false. That is categorically false, sir. I don't think you I have were, a TikTok right. account, and you can go to the date of my first TikTok. It. I have a TikTok of my dog that went went pretty viral for me. It had like a thousand views, and I actually I got like forty followers off of a TikTok from of my dog. So you're using your dog for your soul, just like this family is using this video yes. to become viral. <laughs> how dare I? How Let's dare how I? Wrap all this up together. Yep. It's the same it's thing. It's news man. to us. News roundup. I think everyone is familiar with Casa Bonita, the famous restaurant in Colorado. It was featured on a South Park episode, really funny South Park episode. And a lot of people don't realize that that is a real place in, was it in Littleton or Inglewood, Colorado, no, something Ridge, like that? Wheat Ridge, I don't know, who Ridge cares? Or Lakewood. It's in Colorado. And, um, well, they unfortunately went out of business at, well, as soon as the pandemic bankrupted. Well, they, they, they closed. Bankrupt. That's going out of business. They closed. They closed the doors. They haven't been open since the pandemic hit. How is that not out of business? <laughs> anyway, so they go, they go. <laughs> no, they're not out of business. They closed. They're not allowing customers. Um, so they, uh, anyways, they, so they, unfortunately, they, they shut down. And this is like a staple in Colorado. And Trey Parker and Matt Stone grew up in Colorado. And, uh, we do the show from Colorado and it, did you ever go into Casa Bonita as a kid? Absolutely. Like, yeah. And now Trey Parker and Matt Stone have, they've, they're going to buy Casa Bonita, which is, yeah. I so think the, great. The thing about Casa Bonita was you go for the show. You don't eat the food. The only thing that's somewhat safe is the taco salad. And that even is questionable. Uh, no, that said, wasn't safe. I said somewhat safe. There's nothing that's no, fully no. Sopapias, safe. Sopapillas, those were safe. Oh, okay. I mean, I mean, as far as an entree, you're right. The sopapillas were good. They're actually What's good. The last time you went to Casa Bonita? Three years ago. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and I went for a date just yeah. for fun. And it was... Yeah, uh, taco salad. Taco salad. And... It was uh, it was everything I remembered as a kid. Like it was like frozen in time. It was pretty funny, but the, the food was always sucks. It cost me no. It was bad. The, the food is disgusting. Did you go walk in the little cave? Uh, Black Bart's cave. Yes, I did go to Black Bart's cave. Chris is here. He remembers Casa Bonita. Chris, oh yeah, to, I haven't been to Casa Bonita since I was a child. I really. Wow. We were just no, saying that yeah. Chris is uh, just jumping in here. Chris is saying that, or we were just saying, Chris, that Casa Bonita is going to be purchased by Trey Parker and Matt Stone from South Park. I know. I, I saw that yesterday. That's very exciting. Yeah. Yeah, it is cool. I, I do, you, do you guys think they're going to turn it into like a South Park themed restaurant? That's yeah. what I was wondering. I I bet they keep the theme mostly the way it is, but I bet they add like South Park cardboard cutouts here and there. <laughs> yeah. Well, like they probably have chef back in the kitchen. They're like Cartman and Kenny, like just like can't run him through like Black Bart's cave and stuff like that. Speaking of this of chef, they are going to uh, improve the food. They say that's the one change that they've already announced. Improving the food. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. I think that that's good. 
and they're getting local, um, I guess, chefs and and entrepreneurs involved somehow too. So, and this is just after Trey Parker and Matt Stone signed a billion dollar deal with Comedy Central. Did you guys see that too? A billion dollars. No, I didn't hear that. To keep uh, there goes five hundred million dollars. Yeah, of it. <laughs> they just spent all. They're of that doing. Money. Uh, they're doing like movies too, right? Like not just the show, but yeah, they have, they have like, to produce movie? like fourteen movies, I guess. Yeah, um, I didn't hear that. Uh, real quickly, you, before, yes. Oh, Go I ahead. was going to ask. Like, they haven't ran a restaurant before. To like, are they just going to hire people to do it? And yeah, I think that's their thing. The is they're going to get local restaurateurs involved somehow. That's awesome. And I hope that they like give those local restaurateurs like uh, a portion of the restaurant or something. I don't know. Who knows? They're going to do characters on South Park. But it's cool that you, you think they're going to have like a big grand reopening with Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Because if they do, we totally have to go. That'd be so cool. Probably. That would we be a good idea. That'd be that good somehow. Move. Yeah. Um, okay. Real. Actually, I don't think we have time for this. We have like a lot of uh, viral video stuff to get to and viral stuff going on on the internet. We can do that after our guest uh, coming up next here on It's News to Us. We're going to talk to a gentleman running for Congress. His name is David L. Anderson Jr. and he's running to represent Texas's 35th district. And he is going to be on with us live next on It's News to Us. Uh, don't move. Chris is now here. I didn't think you were going to make it, Chris. You made it. I. Yeah, uh, I'm, my brain is so scrambled with like the sober time and like the time zones. I'm getting times mixed up. I'm like, I know the show is at seven, but I thought it was <laughs> well seven Denver time, but for it's you. seven Central, eight Eastern, and, yeah, five Pacific. I, we're now we're anyway. on three different time zones. Yeah. Um. Anyways, we'll be right back on its news to us. Hang on. Well, um, let's let's bring in our guest now as we continue to cover the midterms coming up. It is a very uh, it's going to be a big midterm season. And our guest this week is David L. Anderson, Jr. He's running for Congress to represent Texas's 35th district. And he's joining us live. Hey, thanks so much for coming on. We appreciate you being here. Thank you all so much for having me. I'm glad to, it's an honor to be on your show. Oh, hey, thanks so much. Uh, we hope that we live up to that honor, whatever that is. <laughs> uh, so where are you? Are you at home right now? And, uh, oh, yes, sir. Oh, yes, sir. Okay. I'm, I'm at home on my, uh, at my dining room table right now. Okay. Yeah, we're all at home, too. You know, we're, we're distanced. Uh, ever since COVID started, we started doing the show remote. We've done a few in person, but um, yeah, so we're all in our respective homes at this point, but uh you know it works. It kinda- yes, it does. COVID is COVID is the COVID the COVID Delta variant is spreading like a wildfire right now. So we got to be safe. Yeah, it is really scary. We can talk about that more in a little bit, but we like to kind of get to know our our guests on a personal level a little bit before we jump into the policy stuff. Um, just so we don't like hit people over the head with all of that right out the gate, but. Um, just cause you know, you're, you're a human being, you're a person, you're running for oh, office yeah. and people should know you as an individual. So, uh, I'm just gonna ask you some dumb questions. If you don't mind, what's your favorite ice cream flavor? Ooh, I say strawberry, strawberry. Ooh. Oh, that's an underrated flavor. Most people say vanilla or chocolate. What? Nah, I, I gotta go with the strawberry. <laughs> All right. I, I, I mean, I have nothing against it. Do you like it with, uh, the Neapolitan, or does it have to be by itself? 
has to be by itself. <laughs> Very important. Be, yes. I'm just a I'm just a simple I'm just simple with it. So the first thing that you would do in office is to make to separate the Neapolitan flavors. <laughs> That'd be on the back burner. <laughs> uh, do you have any pets? Oh yes, sir. I got one dog. Oh, uh, what's your dog's name? Uh, Marky. Marky, what kind? He's mixed with German Shepherd and uh, Shibu Inu. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, awesome. Yeah, we all, we love dogs here. I think all of us have dogs. Uh, oh, nice. You have a go-to dance move. Dance move? Yeah. No, sir. <laughs> you not? Yeah, I I don't like to dance either, so I get it. <laughs> nah, <laughs> I'm like I'm that type of person. Like, if you invite me to the dance, like like to like a get together, I got that one little finger wave dance move, but that's about it. I got yeah. two left feet. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I I get it. Um, do you, is there a word that you find yourself mispronouncing? And it's kind of funny. I put this on here because at the beginning of the show, I mispronounced Taliban. So, um. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I got one word. I, yeah, I got one word that I cannot say. It's, uh, y'all ready for it? Yeah, we're ready. I cannot say, uh, yellow, yellow, yellow. I cannot say that word. That color. <laughs> That's, I cannot say that color. Like, if somebody tells me to say that color, I'll try to find something in the room and like point to it before I gotta say it. <laughs> it's almost like you're visualizing the way it spells. <laughs> yeah. Le- yeah. That's the one word I cannot say. Yeah, you'll, you'll, yeah, if you, yeah, I can kind of see getting tripped up on that one. Oh, man. I, I'm with you there. I, I have to draw that one out for sure. I'm definitely always like, yellow. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, uh. it's just yellow. Yep. <laughs> or however kids do it well <laughs> uh, so you found uh or actually so growing up i thought it was kind of interesting your uh father worked in the funeral home industry which is uh just uh what, what was it like being around that family business i guess that i guess you probably have a lot of stories huh yeah so my dad he used the funeral home business to keep up to keep me and my sister out of trouble and like he did it like so like strategic. Like he, he used to take us to go with him to pick up bodies. We used to sit in the room with him with when, when, when my dad was embalming people. And my wow. dad always said, like, if you stay out of trouble, you won't be on this table. So my daddy, <laughs> like my dad wasn't a real like punishment person, like with the whooping and the stuff like that. Like my dad never touched us or nothing. But my dad was really in the funeral home business. Like if I act up in school. I'm going. I'm going with him at like two or three o'clock at night to to pick up a body. That was oh wow! Yeah. Oh man! I, yeah, you don't have to lay a finger when there is a body. <laughs> like, yeah, this guy. Look at this guy. That's intense. I bet this dude didn't make his bed. Yeah, yeah, and 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 the one thing my dad always did, he always made sure, like, if I actually like got into like a big fight in school, he'll he'll take us in the funeral home. Why? Why he's embalming somebody around our ages? And we'd be like, "Nope, uh, I learned my lesson. I don't oh. want to come back anymore." Oh man! So you'd actually like use uh, the bodies as an intimidation uh, way yep. to intimidate. In it, in it. Yeah, it worked. Wow! All right. Well, uh, that that's. I was going to ask if you'd ever seen any dead bodies, but I guess that answers my question. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, wow, yep. that's interesting. But was this so? Was this? I guess this would be after um, the. This is like really uh, crazy. So when you were just two years old, your family home was actually shot up, and you were forced to move. Oh uh, uh, yes, sir. So growing up, uh, we lived in the Skyline neighborhood on San Antonio East Side off of Kingcrest. And so apparently somebody tried to break inside my dad's car. My dad shot up in the air because my dad didn't want to kill nobody. And the guy took off running. So the next day in school, uh, the guy told my sister, your dad should have killed me. So the guy came back like three days later and shot up the whole house. Wow. And the bad part wow. about it is my dad always told the story like two months later, my dad, my dad had to go pick up the, uh, the same guy's body on the side of the road because somebody killed him. Wow. wow. So then after that, your family just picked up and moved. That's it. That was get, it, oh, get yeah, out of here. We moved to uh, Detroit Road Apartments. Wow, man. That's scary. That's scary. So uh, as far as your background goes with with work, I know that you've done a lot of stuff there. You've, uh, you've worked at temp agencies, a warehouse, a plasma center, you were at the uh, Jackson Hewitt Tax Service as an assistant manager, so you've done a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've done a lot of um, uh, jobs and in the private sector. So I'm kind of wondering, like, what what have you uh, what what have you seen, and what what of that experience after all those years uh, is your biggest lesson, and how does that maybe translate to uh, public policy and how you can help people? So the biggest lesson I learned was don't forget about the people that vote for you because a lot of people in Congress, a lot of people in politics in general, once they get in office, they forget about the, um, the, the people, the people at the bottom. And like, and like, as you said, I worked at temp services. I worked at plasma centers. I worked at um, warehouses. So I know what it means to come from the bottom. And like most of the people at the bottom, they're totally for like the politicians totally forget about them, and and the only time we see politicians is when it's time to vote. So that's why I like I started my nonprofit. That's why I volunteer for a lot of nonprofits and do a lot of volunteer services in my community because there's nobody here to help us. So I like I always tell my staff, no matter how no matter how this election goes, no matter how big I get, no matter what. We will always stand up community and we will not forget about the people that politicians normally forget about. Yeah, that's so true. As soon as politicians take office, they seem to only uh, think about or remember people who have the the open uh, checkbooks and who's who's giving money and they forget about the average people. And uh, there, yeah. there are a few uh, good politicians out there. Uh, there. There are few and far between, but um, you're right. I think we need more politicians like that. I would, I would definitely agree with that. And I think which politicians do you uh, look up to? So I got a top three. My first one would have to be John F. Kennedy. I love reading. I love reading the Kennedy family books. If you come to my house, I have a whole library of their different books they wrote. Second would have to be Barack Obama. Cause just to see what he came through in life, and the third one would have to be it would have to be AOC because I know what it feels like to still like to work to work and run a campaign at, at the same time, and it's not easy. That is not easy at all. 
Wow. How, how much help do you have with this? Do you have a lot of volunteers? Right now, I got a staff of 27 people. Oh, that's that's really good. I'm sure you could always use more, but that's really respectable yeah. and good. Wow. You have a lot of people who believe in your mission. Oh, yes, sir. Um, like I said, like most of the uh, most of the people on my campaign staff, it started off as Facebook DMs or just walking up to different people and just tell them about myself, tell them about my story and tell them about my policies. Then the next thing I knew, they on my staff. That's wonderful. Uh, so it's uh, David Anderson for Congress dot com. If you want to volunteer and get involved, you can do that. Have you heard from any yes, of sir. the. Uh, any other politicians, anybody in office that has reached out and shown support yet? I mean, probably too early for that, but have you heard of anybody from anybody giving you encouraging words? Most politicians in office, most of them say the same. Most of the politicians in office, including the even the county chairs, all the county chairs, all the precinct chairs, anybody, they always ask me the same question. Why do I want to run against a long time incumbent? Like why right. do I run it? Why do I want to run against somebody that's on the Ways and Means Committee? And that's the like most politicians in office, even my county chairs won't won't they won't sit down and just have a basic conversation with me. Um, most of my politicians I keep in, in contact with are politicians currently running uh, for local uh, for offices around the country. So why is it? What what's the answer to that question? You're you're running against Congressman Lloyd uh, Doggett, and he is uh, also a Democrat. Do you, I mean, are you officially a Democrat? Or, I oh yeah, I'm a sure yes. I'm a down ballot Democrat. So why uh, why do you feel like you can do a better job than? Is it has to do with him forgetting the small people and him not uh, approaching the issues? How you think it's it should just, be done? There has to be one of them because the one reason I run against Lloyd Doggett because if you come to my like I tell people, if you come to the east side of San Antonio or to the east side of Austin or the, or the same markets, most people don't even know who Lloyd Doggett is. Mm. All they say is we vote for him because 90% of the time he's the only Democrat on the ballot. So and just because what Lloyd Doggett did in the early 2000s and like lead up to the 90s to the early 2000s, to like the mid-2000s, that does not guarantee nobody a job. He doesn't even soar to events because most of the events I've had, he sends his chief of staff to speak for him. Wow. And like, and that's, and like, and, and I feel like that's so disrespectful because we can wait in line to vote for you. We can wait in line to, to donate to you. We can sign up to donate to you, volunteer for you, block walk for him, but you can't show the decent courtesy to come to public events. And like, people are taking risks. Then people are taking risks that they might catch COVID out here in these long voting lines. But like, you can't just come out to a to a basic event and when and when people do invite him into events, he sends his chief of staff. Wow. Like I've never seen this man. So you you think he's not doing enough? He's he's <laughs> he's being just a lame duck or whatever they say. Oh yeah. Uh, Once he's been in office for that long, he runs off of basic name recognition. And he does have that. I do. I do give that to him. Do you um? Do you ever think about why he's actually there? What 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 is he really doing? What's his motivation? Is he like if he's Most, not if he's not going to help people? Why is he there? That's a hey. That's a good question that I would love to ask him. Um, I checked out. Um, like I I, I have researched Lloyd Doggett. To I've researched him down to everything, and most of the times, most of the things I see from him. He did pass. He did pass a. He did pass a bill with uh, Ted Cruz for the Republic Women of Texas to get a statue. Okay. That's the last bill he he passed, and he 
He does sign up on progressive issues. Everything the progressive caucus says or anything they say, he is right back there signing up saying he does support the Green New Deal. But what have you done? Well, what have you done by yourself that has actually helped the community? Yeah. Just because you're actually signing on with to the Green New Deal or Medicaid for all, anybody in Congress can go up and say, hey, I'm going to back that up. But you're not actually doing the legwork in your community, in your district, to make sure that people actually know what's going on in Congress. Because I hate to say it, at the end of the day, I, I do appreciate his chief of staff coming to represent him. But at the end of the day, we don't vote for her. They vote for Lloyd Doggett, and we like he got to start coming out to the community because at the end of the day, that ballot is going to say Lloyd Doggett, David Anderson. The chief of staff name is not going to be on it. Yeah, and so you when you uh, we probably should have mentioned this earlier. So you do run a nonprofit. So these events that you're talking about are are ones that you're organizing. You're the CEO of a nonprofit. What is what is uh, what does your nonprofit do exactly? Um, so far, so my nonprofit is called Divine Equality. Um, the one thing, because COVID really did kill a lot of stuff for us, we did partner with the, uh, the Eastside Bucks uh, semi-pro basketball team to do a backpack giveaway. And also, ACB gave us a big, ACB gave us a donation, which is our local uh, grocery market in Texas, to help, uh, to help, uh, to help, to help families uh, with food with food distribution. So right now, that's all we're doing is backpack giveaway for the kids. Then we're also doing with the ACB, if people need food, just come to us, sign up, and we give you an ACB gift card of $25. And also, we just did a, a back-to-school event with Big, uh, with Big Mama Safe House on the east side, and we gave away backpacks to all the kids. Any kid that needed a backpack, no questions asked. You, the parents come, the kids come, and the backpack is free. And that's actually helping out the community. Are you afraid that you won't have time for that kind of work, or do you feel like you can do even more good once in office? Is that is that how you're? Uh, see, uh, I was blessed with a good staff. Um, I got like on my on my nonprofit. I have to give a shout out to my nonprofit uh, secretary on a pile. I got my sister on the Keisha Lane. They don't really help out with in my campaign. Their main goal is just to help out with, with my nonprofit. Then my then my campaign staff from Valerie Sacedo to Antoine Johnson, they are my two biggest supporters on my uh, on my campaign staff. So like I made a good job to keep my uh, to keep my campaign staff and my nonprofit staff separate, so we won't be no like conflicts of interest with each other. And when I do get in office, I did ma- I did make it clear that I will step down as a CEO and make like and make one of my other staff members a CEO so they can get a full attention to the nonprofit because I don't want to because I don't want to just just like once I get in office just do away with the nonprofit because right. that just be a waste of everybody's time. Yeah, that and that actually uh, to me shows that you are are good at what you do as a manager and you're good at managing people. If you think you have a good staff and a good staff that you can trust, that speaks uh, a lot to your character. I think. Um, yes, this is you, uh, you, you demonstrating on the street here, I think for Medicare for all, we have a little clip here that was on your Twitter. Oh yes. Here you are. All right. So you, uh, you're out there with the bullhorn. That's awesome. And, um, what, what, so I have the, obviously you were, 
talking about healthcare or demonstrating for healthcare, which is really, really, really important. Is there a uh, specific cause or thing that you are most pa- passionate about? Like uh, my top two right now, uh, Medicaid for all and education reform. That's the one thing. Those are the two biggest things I'm so big on. The reason I pick Medicaid for all, as a lot of people don't know, in 2020, I broke my leg twice. Oh, <laughs> luckily, yes. What the happened? first time it was a ruptured patella tendon. Then the second time it was a ruptured kneecap with a ruptured patella tendon. Luckily, I had it. Luckily, I had health insurance. But being in that hospital in the intensive care unit. I've seen people that the hospital, if you didn't have health insurance, they'll wrap you up, give you a brace, and then send you out to the local county hospital. Terrible. And, like, nobody should deal with that. Like, if I come to your hospital, I do not want to be wrapped up and be sent to the county hospital where I got to wait sometimes a day or even two days before uh, before somebody even sees me. It's 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 just disgraceful, especially being in the richest nation in the world. We have enough resources to help out everyone in this country, yet we don't do it. And it's going to be a really hard, I mean, it's a hard thing to tackle. And yeah. we have AOC and Bernie Sanders and others uh, that are, are fighting that fight. And uh, that's a cause that you'll take on. So that's uh, that's, oh, yes, sir. that's good to hear. I think all of us on the show agree with that. You shouldn't have to worry about um, uh, the cost of an ambulance ride if you're in serious trouble. A lot of people will say, don't put me in an ambulance. I don't want to pay $3,000. It's a life-threatening cause and or issue that they're uh, going through. So it's just, uh, yeah, that's a good thing to, to take on, I feel. I, I uh, suffer through a <clears throat> broken ankle without health insurance, and it's a mm-hmm. whole Kafka-esque, just bizarre, scary situation to find yourself in, and it just mm-hmm. is uh, uh, just a nightmare to, to, to try and negotiate that and, and to deal with the health crisis itself and to, to manage the physical pain of that because a, a, a broken bone is excruciating. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, uh, we, we appreciate you coming on and, uh, we wish you the best of luck again. It's David Anderson for congress.com. If you want to donate to the cause or even pitch in and help out, and uh, we'll, we'll be keeping an eye on everything once the midterms roll around, uh, which is coming up here sooner than we think. I mean, it's already August, so I, I bet things are going to yes. get really busy for you very soon. So, uh, Yes, sir. <laughs> I hope that you stay in touch with us, and we really appreciate you joining. All right. Thank y'all so much for having me on. Best of on. luck. All right. Thank y'all so much. Good luck. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. All right, we'll be right back here on Snooze to Us, and uh, we have more to get to. I think a few things from earlier we couldn't get to, but again, uh, if you want to look into David Anderson, it's David Anderson for Congress.com, David L. Anderson Jr., and uh, we have that link on our Twitter account. It's Snooze to Us, too. Um, we'll be right back on Adobe Radio. It's Snooze to Us. Okay, we're back. We're talking about our passwords off the air that we can't remember. Uh, if you're ever in the Adobe office and you need to use an iPad, the password is zero 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 zero. I hacked into it without even asking anybody. Uh, Just throwing that's that out the there. same password that they used in the uh, nuclear silos in yeah. the United States in the 70s. Isn't that currently in the nuclear football? Or no? 
they ca- a guy carries around zero 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 zero. Pass. I'm gonna say no, but I, I'm I'm serious about uh, what I said. What? A second Are you ago. serious? I thought that was a joke. No, no. no. There's a documentary a about like <laughs> what? Yeah, there was a documentary about like nuclear security and a uh, and a, a, a Air Force officer who was like a silo, uh, uh, one of the silo launch Missile officers. Man. Yeah, um, he said that uh, it was known by by all of the the uh, staff that the code to launch was zero 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 zero. Okay. Like the 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 defense secretary or, or or the president or whatever made the joint chiefs put in a number combination to launch, but the joint chiefs or, or or the lower generals they couldn't stop that, but they didn't really want it. So their way to get around it was just to have the, the password be zero, twelve zeros. And that's alarming that everybody knew that password. Like yeah. if that's your password, fine. But you tell everybody that you have a bad password on top of having a bad password. Yeah. Everybody knows how that's or or was it the password? I mean, how does dun, that dun, guy dun. know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess right? how do you really know until you launch the you nuclear missiles? That's true. Um, speaking of launching nuclear missiles, there was a fight in a grocery store parking lot because. Somebody left their dog in the car. Have you guys ever seen like a, a dog in the car? Yeah. And you, yeah, did actually, you ever? I did. We did, went. What you do? Like did you stop ago. and try to get the dog out of the car? We did this two weeks ago. I what? was about to break a window. Well, uh, there was a confrontation in the grocery store parking lot because I guess somebody was trying to break into a car that had a dog inside of it. Then the owner comes out, and uh, then that's when the conflict. Uh, begins. Here's a little bit of that conflict. This was posted on Facebook. I'm standing here. You came at me. You touched my door and my car. Do you own my vehicle? Do you want me to call the cops? Do you want me to call the cops on you? And you put your hands on me first. You can back away. Fine. You keep approaching. You're very fine. And you have them recorded. Hello. Hello. You children. You just put your hands on me. Forty minutes. Leave me alone. Forty minutes. Forty minutes. Okay, kind. You're on hold. Forty minutes. Yeah, and forty minutes. The dog was in the car. That guy saying, "Is this how it turned out for you, Jason? What happened in your situation?" Oh, oh man, I got a story. So we were, uh, Katie and I, we pulled up to a, we, we, we pulled up in a parking lot. We parked the car and right next to us is a dog in the back. And it's just like looking at us and I'm like, oh my God, there's a dog in the back of this vehicle. The windows aren't up or are, are, aren't down. They're all up. Like, you know, this is concerning. So like we go into the business, we tell the person you know, that works there like, Hey, there's a dog in the car. Uh, you you got to do something about it. And there's this guy like wandering around the, uh, this business, this store. And Katie's like, you know, that's the guy, you know, that's him. Right. And the, the car in question was a Subaru like Outback. Right. And there was a guy who kind of had like ratty clothes on and like was walking around with like a big gulp on uh drink. And he's just drinking his drink casually. He's got a big gulp. The he's the guy. Get him. Katie's like, this is the guy. You know it's the guy. <laughs> and like like a few minutes pass and I like I start going like, dude, how am I gonna break this window? 
no, I'm not going to try to open the door. I immediately think that I need to break the window to get the poor dog out. And, yeah, and like, it was like super hot. Who, who thinks to check the door, right? Like, I'm not going to try to open the door. I'm going right. to break. And you're the immediately going to break the window. I I'm that's the first thing I'm going to do is break a window. Right. Right. I, I, I yeah. think that's all. I think we're, we're legally allowed to, but I think we're supposed to check the door. Anyway, employee comes back around. I'm like, Hey, you know, there's, this dog's still in here, like, blah, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, you you need to do something about this right now. Like, I need this corrected or I'm going to do something for you. And uh, guy's like, okay, okay, I got you. And he walks and, like, goes and he, like, he's like, I found him. He's, like, the typical owner of a vehicle like that. And then the guy who owned the vehicle was not the guy we thought it was. It was some, like, older white dude with, like, a button down shirt that wasn't all the way buttoned up cargo shorts <laughs> and, a it's visor. Hot. it's so hot that he can't button up his shirt but he can leave his damn dog in the car <laughs> fucking like white like long hair like visor like then he opens the back of the door or the back hatch of the subaru leaves it open and the dog doesn't even try to come out like the, dog <laughs> the dog's like i like this i'm losing some He's weight like, i don't care i'm like what the fuck dude it's, it's really dangerous for dogs, though, that you shouldn't do that but, because the temperature is no, hot no, in Denver, hasn't it. it? It's been like hot as hell in Denver this summer, right? Um, oh, It hasn't been as hot as it usually is, I don't think. No? No, I don't think so. But I think it's funny that I didn't even think about checking the door. I was yeah, just like, gonna not even going to check the door. I'm just going to break not the gonna window. Not going to check a door. I'm going to break the window. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to rescue a dog, you're going to break a window. I, like, I mean, like it, heroically, right? It has yeah, to be yeah. dramatic. You got to make I a want, moment. Right. And I want that person to know that they did wrong. Yeah. And yeah. It, I mean, if you were just to open up the door, how anticlimactic, that's not like what Arnold Schwarzenegger or Sylvester Stallone would do. They'd, they'd punch through the window with their bare fist. Oh, I was actually looking around for like a brick of some sort. Oh, that's lame. Break. Why wouldn't you just punch it? I don't think I could do it. What's wrong with you? Do you even go I'd to the gym? I'd, I'd wind up in the, the emergency room with a broken hand. <laughs> then you can sue that guy, though, for a lot of money. <laughs> for saving his... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, then the finally... hippie dude with a visor. <laughs> There's a woman that posted a video on social media, and she makes a habit of going to the grocery store and licking everything in sight because she says that it boosts her immune system. So... Um, here she is doing that. There's no audio on this video, but uh, we see her uh, taking receipts and bags, and she's like literally licking everything in the grocery store, licking your fingers, licking, licking, licking. Uh, she is uh, licking the uh, the handle and on the 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 section of the grocery store where you you keep things in the freezer. She's licking the handle of the grocery cart. She licked that too, and yeah, she says, uh, yeah, this is great for your immune system. Get out there and lick everything. It's ironic because she won't uh, give oral to her husband. Oh, <laughs> we'll be back with you next time. Get the podcast everywhere. If you're listening on Adobe, uh, we're available wherever podcasts are heard. It's news to us. Catch up with all of our episodes and see you next time. With all due respect, that's a bunch of malarkey. Yes. All right. Goodbye, Adobe Radio. I forgot to press the button here. Have a great night, Adobe.